You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hello and welcome to episode 75 of the Manage Mental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Mount. What's up, my brother? How's all in uh, Europa land, my friend? Good. I'm uh, still in London. Uh, we had a very cool show last night in Krakow, Poland, um, and uh, I bounced around London a little bit today, uh, and uh, I did that, and then it's like it's like 80 degrees here and sunny, and it has been the entire time we've been here, which is uh, very odd. You know, everyone's like all sunburned and like all the stores are, you know, no AC, so it's like super, super hilarious to go anywhere around here, but uh, good times had by all. <laughs> yeah, so we're recording this one on a Wednesday. It'll drop on Monday. Uh, it's, I always love hearing, you know, all the places that you're going. It's it's cool. You know, I haven't been to Poland in a long time, and uh, I have yet to watch the World Cup today, but I've been following along each and every day, so it's cool to even think about you're over there in the thick of it, um, you know, seeing the results in real time and, and listening to the people explode, as we I think we mentioned last week. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm here back at home. I went out to the first couple dates of uh, the Warp Tour, Pomona and San Diego. Um, right. You know, been a blast. Like, you know, real, real big kickoff. This is the last full uh, jaunt across the country. So seems as if there's a lot of people, both industry and, you know, just uh, fan wise, uh, turning out in a way that they haven't done in quite some time. So it was it was pretty cool to see. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Uh, in the last episode, we chatted about reverse engineering. That was a really great episode, so check it out if you haven't already. Today's episode is sponsored by our buddies at rockabilia.com. Go check them out for the awesomest collection of officially licensed band merch on the planet. Use our code PCJabberJaw and get 15% off your entire order. Absolutely. Those guys have over 500,000 items of merchandise that is officially licensed from, you know, the providers who uh, manufacture, you know, the, the licensed merchandise from the band. So, you know, you're getting something that's legit. It's not counterfeit. It's going back to, you know, the artists or the companies that the artists deal with. So please support uh, Rockabilia. They support us as a podcast and our network. And tell them Blasco and Mike sent you using that code PCJabberJaw for 15% off of your entire order. Rockabilia.com is the place. 
This week, we talk about ourselves, inspired by some questions from one of our loyal listeners. This is going to be killer, so let's get mental. I'm wondering how long I could do that for. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. So, uh, Mike, um, before we get into the episode, um, we are 75 episodes deep, and uh, this will be my first apology and hopefully last apology. And, you know, sometimes things get taken out of context. And we did an episode a while back. And I believe that we were talking about PR companies um, and someone had, had, had written in and they had specific questions and I referred to Adrenaline PR and I was mentioning them in a positive way. It was amongst our conversation. It was in context of what we were talking about. And for some reason, it got back to Maria at Adrenaline PR in a negative way which is a real bum out because obviously we were only mentioning them in a positive light. And I'd like to think that this podcast, we, the purpose of it, the, the, just the general mission statement is creating a positive environment, sharing a positive message and positive information with people so that they can use, so they can build their own career. So it's a bummer that someone took out of that, that uh, anything other than nothing but positive message that we tried to do. It's funny. I mean, you know, when you text me last night and I, I don't, I don't remember, it was not super late my time, but I think I was gearing towards bed or maybe even in bed and I read it and I was like, Hmm. And it's, it's interesting. I remember the exact minute that, or actually the exact second that you said the, you know, what trans, you know, made this transpire. And I, I remember thinking like, hmm, I wonder if that could be taken out of context, but I know exactly the point that you're coming from. I mean, what's amazing is like, you don't, you don't, you're not like a shit talker to me, right? Like you're not somebody who wastes a lot of time trying to put others down or like trying to, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, spread negative stuff about people and you know, as we've talked about the launch of, of your new podcast, which, you know, by the time this episode airs, uh, season one will be dropping the following day. Um, you know, you've talked about using Maria <laughs> to to spread the word on that. But it is what made it so interesting to me and why I, I was happy that we get to discuss this is, you know, it just proves like you and I with the inner knowledge that we have with the level of familiarity, not only with each other, but like how we feel about others in the industry. It didn't strike me as anything negative, but I can understand how someone who was listening to it might have have perceived it that way. So correct me if I'm wrong, because I didn't go back and listen, but we were talking about something related to PR. And you said something to the extent of, you know, go talk to Maria at Adrenaline, she'll take your money, right? Wasn't it something along those lines? So, and I didn't even mention Maria by name, but I was just like, hey, if you're looking for someone, like I think the guy's struggle was that he was trying to pay people and they weren't uh, they that, weren't even taking his money. You know, he wasn't looking for right. handouts. That's right. And, and, and I was like, well, maybe try Adrenaline PR. You know, they'll take your money. And I could see how that got taken out of context, like in a bad way. But when I say it, like how I just said it now, it, 
doesn't seem bad to me. No, I mean, again, to me, I, I can I can understand completely out of context saying, oh, someone will take your money. It makes it sound like that's all they're in it for. Oh, they'll take your money, right? right. And they won't do what you're expecting. But what's funny is, yeah, and in, in now you providing even more depth to the conversation. It's, no, you were saying, look, this guy's complaining that there's people who won't even hire him. And you're saying, well, look, here's a great person who I respect, have used over the years, trust implicitly. <laughs> Go talk to her company because she'll do the job. And in in turn, what will she do? She'll be paid for providing that service. And so it is, it's just really interesting to, to notice, uh, yeah, I guess to notice how things can get, get you know, um, brought out of context and, and, and yeah, put in a, put in a manner that yeah. it wasn't meant to be. So, so yeah, I mean, I, look for whatever it's worth, there's nothing but respect for Maria and adrenaline, uh, and the whole team over there. Um, I have recommended them before. I will continue to recommend them. And not only that, but I have hired them and, uh, and I have a, you know, a small little commercial, but I have a new podcast podcast coming out called a new level of which I interview people in the business. I have hired Maria to do press for season one, and she will also be a guest on season two. So there is no issues and there has been no issues. So sorry for anyone that took it out of context, but that was not the goal. And we don't, uh, you know, we don't, we don't roll that game over here. Yeah. Not to beat a dead horse. Uh, I just want to clarify you had intended to hire or already hired her before this episode or before this was even brought to light. So, you know, it's not as if you were trying to save face and saying, well, oh, okay, no. this was brought up and now I'm going to go hire you. You and I have had conversations for months about utilizing her surrounding the the launch of a new level. So let's put it to bed. Uh, I've got great respect for them too. You know, as you, as you do and grow in this industry, you know, and it morphs and changes, there are, you know, certain people in certain companies that continue to exist and do right by artists and adrenaline has always been one of those companies. So kudos to them. Let's move on. Uh, if you're ready yes. to do so. Moving on to episode 75. So one of our loyal listeners, his name is Adam. He is a manager and he wrote in and had some questions for us. Hi, Blasco. Big fan of the podcast. I've been following it for the past year and using it to adjust my approach to both managing my own band and others. My question is, what's a day in the life for both you and Mike like at work? I'd love a detailed response of how much time a day you are spending personally on different aspects of the multifaceted job of band management. So, Mike, I'll let you attack that one first, but that's that's the first part. And then there's a few others uh, to follow this one up. But good yeah, place to start. I mean, what's interesting is no two days look the exact same, yet every day looks relatively similar, you know, and I'm in a position now, as I'm sure you are. I mean, you know, I've got my hands in a lot of things, uh, sometimes for better, sometimes for worse. And a lot of what I'm doing, it, not only managing the artists, I'm also overseeing the teams that I've assembled, not only, you know, uh, I guess I should first and foremost say the teams that I've assembled to help me do all of the things that I'm attempting to do, you know, produce podcasts, uh, have a record label, have a management company, have a coaching platform. So there's a lot of uh, assessment each and every day of like, okay, where are we? And then 
you know, what needs to get done. And then, so that's sort of the internal component, getting a lay of the land. I mean, I sort of always know where it is, right? Uh, It's not like every day I'm like, okay, what do we do today? It's more, all right, here's this underlying, um, you know, layer or foundation of, of what I'm trying to do. And then it's, okay, what individual things need some attention today? Um, you know, either they didn't get to the day before, or it's something new that's been brought up, or it just happens to fall on the calendar. Um, you know, and then so much of our job is relationships. And so if I'm here in the office, you know, I'm in Washington, DC, there's not a ton of other managers around, not a bunch of agents. I'm spending a lot of time responding to emails, sending text messages or instant messages, um, and phone calls. You know, I'm keeping up relationships. I'm trying to figure out what's going on oftentimes within my own teams of the artists. So if I'm managing a band, I want to check in with their agent. You know, what what are we doing? What tours, you know, we talked about these tours. Who'd you check in with? Blah, blah, blah. But some of it's just information gathering and keeping relationships up. Um, you know, and then there's the stuff that you just can't uh, account for, the emergencies, you know, the, hey, this happened. We need this done. Hey, I really need you to talk to that person. So I will say where I am, you know, uh, you know, and none of this so far has accounted for planning, strategizing, you know, uh, being uh, using, you know, my visioning, if you will, for growth, where I want to go, all of that. Oftentimes I do that stuff outside of the normal workday hours. It's either mornings, evenings, weekends, or sometimes if I can carve out time. But a lot of it is what I call touch points. You know, because I'm involved in a lot of things with a lot of artists, I am touching either their teams, my teams, or the individual artists themselves. Um, So hopefully that gives you a little bit of a synopsis. Uh, It kind of wore me out just talking about it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yes, there are no two days that are the same. And I I will add to that also, too, that there really is no days whenever your job is 24-7. Um, the only thing that differentiates is going to sleep and waking up. So my dar- my day starts when I wake up and my day ends when I can no longer keep my eyes open. But I start every day the same with when I wake up asking myself, what opportunities am I providing my clients today? And I try and structure my day the most around what are the opportunities that I'm bringing to my guys. And there's, there's a to-do list. And sometimes those things, you know, the, the amount of, of micro cos, you know, cosms of the little details that need to get to a point to where you're accomplishing a, a goal or an opportunity, right? Tackling those things, making that first phone call. Like how do I, you know, I, I started a guitar company, right? For a client. How did I do that? I, 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 I just had to start making that first phone call, right? So it's, it's a daunting task whenever your client goes, hey, man, like I want my own guitar company. Wow. Okay. But it has to start somewhere. It has to start at that first phone call. So, um, and, and then it's a matter of being kind of flexible. Like, you know, I'm on the go. You're on the go. I specifically am on the go right now. Yesterday, I had a, a you know, a pretty crazy day to where like I, you know, I got up, 
I made a hit list of things that I need to start knocking off my to-do list. And then I got in a van to go to the airport. So when I'm in the van, I can only do stuff on the phone, right? So I had a few phone calls, a few emails. Then I got on the plane. Unfortunately, our plane has no Wi-Fi. So I was able to answer a bunch of emails. So whenever I finally got to our destination, the gig that has Wi-Fi in the dressing room, I opened up my laptop, all those emails blasted off, right? And then I did the gig. And that was the only time that I was unavailable to anyone. Then got back in the car, answered a bunch of emails, had a bunch of phone calls. You know what I mean? Like it just, the process kind of reversed itself, but the, but being flexible and, and rolling with it is important. You know, today was a whole different day. I had, uh, an important meeting at a huge label services company. And then after that, I had a meeting with a potential client that just happens to be in town, you know? So no two days are the same, no agenda is the same, but the only thing that keeps me on track is the fact that I have a list of opportunities that, that I'm able to kind of structure my workflow with. And the other thing that I will add is your email inbox, if you're not careful, can be the death of you and run your life. And I've tried to take as much from Tim Ferriss as possible. Now, he's an extreme case, whereas he says that he only answers emails like once every three months and he has an autoresponder on, which I find to be completely insane. Um, and I can't subscribe to that. But if I'm having a good day, I will check emails twice a day. And if like, if I'm feeling, if I'm feeling good about it, I'll answer them first thing in the morning. Right. And then does it, that doesn't mean that I'm not sending emails, but in terms of answering emails, going into my inbox and dealing with incoming, I, on a good day, I will do it first thing in the morning and then I will do it first thing after lunch. And then I don't need to play with it. And, um, but that's, uh, I don't know. That's about as good of an no, answer as I can and, get. And it's interesting. I mean, you know, that's sort of uh, the promised land, if you will. And, and you know, so much of me, I work with many more developing artists, you know, than you do. And a huge part of my role in that is keeping them on task. You know, some of them are, I mean, most of them, I think, are incredibly talented. And, you know, it's part of our job and me and my team's job is, you know, honing that talent and leading them in a way that they might not know exactly how to do so. You know, we've talked about, you know, or, or I've talked about in other places, you know, I sort of say sometimes I'm trying to keep the artist out of their own way. And, and that may sound like a negative thing. It's not meant to. It's just that I've watched time and time again, you know, left to their own devices, artists, rightfully so, you know, they get impatient. They just recorded something. They just shot a video that, you know, it's go, 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 go. And what I've learned, of course, is, you know, having a, a, a well-structured plan and a way to, you know, have all of your assets created and everything ready to be implemented, that's going to give you a much bigger impact, um, you know, than going and going and going. So a lot of my time, you know, is spent in responding to things. And, you know, I have a philosophy that I will meet an artist where they are. Um, you know, I would love for it to be emails and me to answer them twice a day. That's not my reality. I'm spending a lot of time answering text messages. You know, sometimes it's in <laughs> Facebook uh, places, which I, you know, I try to encourage artists to, to find a good place where I am. But, you know, I, I think it's just, you're never going to find that two 
people run their day the same, especially because each one has different uh, tasks. But one of the things that Blasco said that, of course, I agree with, I mean, in the realm of artist management, he and I are both here to serve the needs of our client. You know, we've talked about it time and time again. We help our artists establish their goals and then we help them implement those goals. And so, yeah, if that means we've got to do something, you know, I, we are in a 24 hour business that said, you know, I'm not a firm, I'm not a believer that I can and should be accessible at all times. Um, I have to have some space of my own that said, you know, I have to have a system set up and parameter set up where if I'm not available and there's a, you know, there's an emergency, then someone else is available. And so it's interesting. I mean, it's just, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I remember, I guess, let me, let me pause there because I've said a lot, but, but then I, I want to talk about when I had first started and kind of how things have changed. What are your, what is your take on my uh my diatribe there blasco no i, I i'm on board I, I his email continues so this may be it's a good setup for uh your continuation so he says alternatively maybe a discussion about the organization and structure of both mercenary and outer loops teams would be interesting to help understand management companies at higher levels so let me read that again to myself uh He's saying he's kind of asking like how how do you how do you you know yeah. you're not just one guy you have a you you have to not only organize your situation with your clients but you have to organize a team or uh, you know from your management company so how how does the organization and structure work you know uh, under the under the hood of your company yeah so good question For, let me take a, a step back first and foremost because I you know I can I can imagine where this this question is coming from, you know, there was a time when I was getting started and, um, you know, it was a little bit of a different time. Social media wasn't as big of a component to our business. And that has drastically changed the responsibilities of everyone involved. But I do remember, you know, sometimes sitting there with, you know, the clients that I had and thinking like, okay, you know, most of what I need to do uh, for this day is done, right? I've, I've made my rounds. I've checked in. Uh, I know what our goals are. And I felt very frustrated that sometimes I wasn't more in the mix, right? There was times that I'd try to get through to my agent and he or she would be busy, you know, dealing with other clients. And I was sort of like, man, you know, I don't ever really have that problem, right? Like <laughs> I'm never so busy that I can't get back to somebody that day, uh, you know, and sort of trying to imagine like, wow, what must that look like? Fast forward 15 years. And yeah, I mean, I'm the guy who's constantly juggling appointments, phone calls, you know, you name it, because I live in a very, uh, you know, fluid uh business in a very fluid life. You know, now that I have a family and I juggle the responsibilities of, you know, looking after my son when we don't have someone that can look after him, like I've been doing this week, it throws a dent in my routine. You know, I've got three hours in the morning today that, you know, I'm not going to say are lost. It's been a great time spending with him, but it's not time that I've been able to quote unquote work. Um, so that said, I mean, there was a point where, you know, and this is probably about... 10 years ago, maybe eight, where 
you know, the industry really did start to change and everybody sort of predicted the doom and gloom that, you know, has sort of set in and is now hopefully uh, finally being cast aside. But labels were really downsizing, if you will. And in the independent sphere where I manage so many bands, because of social media, giving the artists a lot of the tools of promotion, um, you know, labels weren't really, uh, really taking as, as large of a role as they once did in, in the promotion, especially of developing artists. And so what would happen is, you know, we're talking about the MySpace era into the Facebook era. You know, I know that social media is important. I know that the artist will do a certain level of it. I know that there needs to be more level done to it. You know, uh, if the label's not going to do it, I know that it's therefore, or I assume the responsibility that I need to do it. Well, it's, you know, it's not necessarily an effective use of Mike Mowry's time, or at least I told myself to go and update a Facebook or, you know, whatever. But yeah, we always wanted to have the most up-to-date graphics. I wanted to make sure that the tour dates were up to date, you name it. Right. And so I started to build out a team, you know, as we had more clients that needed, you know, uh, services, it made more sense for me to hire a graphic designer where I could sit down with him or her and go through the list of things that needed to get done. They knock it out as opposed to me trying to outsource, you know, from five or 10 different people. And then it started to, you know, like ripple from there. All right. We needed someone that could do admin, someone that could handle merch orders, someone that could do certain things that ultimately in my mind are helping out the client. Right. I feel like my energies are best spent at this stage of my career, creating opportunities and continuing to foster relationships. You know, every minute that I'm doing something that takes away from that, uh, is, is not as helpful to the client for those things as possible, but it's still necessary for the client's survival. So I started to build out a team from there. Um, you know, I've had other managers at my company. I still have other managers here. Uh, it's been, you know, it's been hit or miss, frankly. Um, that's a challenging part of it. And so, you know, again, I think Outer Loop is probably very similar to many other boutique management firms, but probably drastically different as well, because just like your day and my day are different, I'm sure our companies, even though I'm sure there's a lot of overlap, as you'll tell us here, you do your things differently because that's what you know and, and what you found works for you and your clients. I read an interview a while back with Joe Bonamassa and his manager and they refer to one another as business partners. And I, that really struck a chord with me and I really go, that's man, that's really cool. Um, and so whenever I started putting together a, an internal team of people to work with me, it was important for me to empower them and give them a specific role that they could take upon themselves and take ownership in, right? So for instance, I have a guy that does like all the digital strategy, social media stuff, you know, and I go, I don't want to know about it. I want you, I want you to build this. I want you to build your department to where someone could come and hire you, not as a person, but as a company. Like that's the way that I want you to look at your job description right? And I want to empower you. So that way, 
whenever we're out and I'm introducing you to people, I don't want to, I don't want to introduce someone that works for me as, Oh, this is Dan. He's my assistant. Like it just sounds lame to me. Like, and, and so I always wanted it to be something to where I was like, Hey, this is Dan. He works with me. Um, he runs our digital strategy department, right? Like something more empowering that makes someone feel like good about what they do, that they're putting in the work and they're getting results. Right. And so conversely, it's a, it's a, it's a pet peeve of mine. And I don't know if it is of you, but like, like, I don't like to be somewhere with the client and then they're like, Oh yeah, this is Blasco. He's my manager. Like, it just sounds weird to me. Like I'd much rather be referred to as this is Blasco. He, we work together. He's my business partner. I just think that that's cool. And then, and I'm not dissing anyone that works like this. Uh, I, I think it's coming from a, a point of me being a, a musician, but I don't have none of no one that works for me is a day to day person. I don't have a day to day person. No client deals with anyone other than me, unless you have to deal with a specific question with the departments that work under me. Correct? You know what I mean? And like, I just, I just always thought it was weird that it's like, oh, I'm at this big management company, and but I talk to some person that isn't even like a rainmaker. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I have to talk to this person that really doesn't know much or is learning, is learning the, the jam and they're called like a day-to-day person. It's like, no man, like I hired a management company. I want to talk to my manager, not some day-to-day person that's making like, you know, minimum wage. Like it's just weird to me. So, so, you know, like I said, I'm not dissing anybody. It's just the way that I choose to run my business because specifically here, Adam is asking. And, uh, that's, uh, that's my, answer for this no i mean i agree wholeheartedly and i struggle with some of the stuff i mean you know i have someone who works hand in hand with me on everything and you know i had an assistant at one point it was a convenient term so people knew kind of what the you know sort of what they could expect out of them you know because there is some familiarity in that term um but if you ask me internally, I couldn't survive without them. And so there's so much more than that. Uh, you know, my current uh, helper, you know, I've hired her to do operations. And sometimes I catch myself in that, you know, like, oh, this is Stephanie. She's my, you know, and I'm like, wait, she does so much more than just an assistant. She helps me with all of my operations. But I agree. I mean, you know, I think from the world that we came from, both, you know, having, uh, you know, an artist background and really, you know, an empowerment background it is about trying to, you know, find partners, um, you know, and again, I don't, I can't judge anyone for how they run their ship because I've, I've only been my own captain for better and for worse. Um, you know, but I will say, you know, as someone who has taken on a lot of artists, part of, uh, you know, because of the love of it, part of it because of the necessity, right? You know, when you when you don't have a massive client that's bringing in consistent money, you've got to make up for that with having, you know, multiple smaller clients that bring in inconsistent money, but hopefully it all adds up at year's end. Um, you know, it can be challenging. I, I agree. I've, I haven't ever really loved the term day to day. Uh, you know, but I can also understand how there can and should need to be a buffer depending on the volume and depending on the level of the artist. I mean, there's plenty of questions that I get asked, 
you know, on a daily basis that I respond to because I agree. If I bring an artist in, I want them to have access to me. But my value isn't, you know, hey, how do I submit SoundScan, right? Or whatever the, I'm going to just use that as an example of what I would consider a relatively trivial question that could be answered by, you know, hopefully someone else. What I want, what my value is, is what's our vision? What's our goal? How do we get from where we are to where we want to be? And so the more time that I'm spent bogged down with the little stuff, and again, it's not the little stuff I do sweat. The little stuff is important um, in the grand scheme of things, uh, you know, because, you know, you and I've built our artist careers and our own career step by step. We didn't get to skip any steps. We didn't get to make any drastic leaps forward. So that is done through the, the, the consistency of it all. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, like I think our underlying philosophies of how to approach things, not only managerially, but also probably, you know, from an empowerment perspective aligns, which makes sense. I mean, you know, if you've listened to the past 74 episodes of this podcast, you know, you and I generally agree <laughs> from a philosophical yeah. standpoint, you know, the, the difference between the two of us primarily is perspective, right? Um, but I wouldn't say we have any drastic philosoph philosophical differences, um, you know, in terms of how we approach, uh, you know, the care of artists. And that is because, frankly, we care about artists. That is our approach. We care about artists more than we care about pretty much anything else. Um, you know, which, which is what, one of the things that I admire most about you. Yes. He concludes. Thanks again for all the time you both put into the podcast. It's been a game changer. Uh, your loyal listener, Adam PS. I think the Facebook group for the podcast is a great idea. Having a place to talk to the other listeners and seeing who else out there is putting in the effort of researching band management would be a terrific resource and network to have. So there you go. For anyone that doesn't know, we have a Facebook group that we just started a few weeks ago. So come find us on Facebook, uh, you know, join, join the group, get in there, join the discussion. Um, you know, let's, uh, let's take this to another level, you know, a new level, my brother. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, I think that concludes episode 75. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, what you got? You know, this has been a fun episode. It's one of those things, you know, it's, it's actually been a lot. It's been on my mind quite a bit, you know, just what it is that we're doing, how we do it, uh, you know, the impact that we have by doing it. And and so, Adam, thank you and, and to all of our other loyal listeners that, you know, pay enough attention to want to write in and, you know, ask these questions because, you know, this was nice for me to think back, like I said, 14 15 years ago in the position that i was in and yeah wondering what is it what does you know 
the life of insert manager executive you name it what does their life look like um and again no two lives are going to look the same but there are some underlying uh similarities and you know i will just say you got to figure out the life that that works you know for you but blasco said it first and foremost you know it's really you gotta each and every time it's just about getting started so um other than that man all things are good i'm excited about the launch of a new level guys you know we've talked about it a couple times here but uh we'll be posting it into our feeds um and you got to check it out i've had the privilege of you know uh, brainstorming uh, this thing with Blasco and really watching him take the reins and do what I consider to be 10 uh, just monumental interviews. I have listened to each and every one of them in advance and am excited for you all to get your ears on those and excited to see how we continue uh, that portion of what we're doing. Um, so Blasco, you know, uh, I've said it before we got hit record, but uh, you know you should be super proud of yourself. I know we don't spend a lot of time complimenting each other because you know there, there's that mutual respect. But you fucking kicked ass on this thing, so people Thanks, take man. it from take it from Mike fucking Mowry <laughs> for whatever that's worth, <laughs> and do yes. yourself a favor and go grab these things. It's bingeable. You know we want to hear from you. We want to see you supporting it and promoting it. Um, it. I'm honored that Blasco asked us to put this on the Jabberjaw Media podcast network it's something that i'm continuing to grow and i'm super passionate about so uh all of that said if you're still confused on where to find that stuff follow me on social media as well twitter and instagram at mike o loop uh you guys you know head over to outerloopcoaching.com for more in-depth insights on some of the topics that we have covered here and ways to take your career as an artist as well as a professional uh you know, up a notch. And last but not least, our buddies at Rockabilia offer you guys, our loyal listeners, 15% off of your entire order. PC Jabberjaw at rockabilia.com. Continue to support the people who support us. Uh, we need it. You need it. The industry needs it. Um, that's what I got, Blasco. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Peace. Well, hey friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.